into every generation, a champion is born. One contestant in all the world. A chosen one. They alone will wield the strength and skill to fight the arcane knowledge and the torture of the hot seat to stop the spread of the ignorant and the swell of their number. They are the champion. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning as many points for the episode as they can. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. But before you can beat my guest, you need to meet my guest. So please give a warm welcome to today's contestant in our 2020 Beat My Guest tournament. It is McKinney Sizemore. McKinney, how are you doing, sir? What's up, AJ? Glad to be back. It has been a minute or two. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe America still existed the last time you were in the hot seat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that, that feels like moons ago, doesn't it? It it does. Well, this uh, episode will probably be airing after Election Day. Uh, Hopefully the results are in. And hopefully, uh, if you're hearing this, well, (laughs) congratulations, Vice President Harris. So... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fingers crossed. That's uh, right after my birthday, too, so that'll be a nice birthday present on both sides, hopefully. Get the win, and then get this episode. Indeed, indeed. Well, uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Remind them who you is, what you do, and all that good stuff. (laughs) So, my name is uh, McKinney Lee Sizemore. I've been on Jeopardy, and I've been on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And um, currently, I run my own trivia company, uh, create all the content, do all the editing, do all the presentation. And that is Gentleman Octopus Trivia and Events. And it's, it's such an easy thing to do. I mean, it's like like oh, nothing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's just like breathing. No, I mean, <laughs> 40 questions a week is, uh, it could be rough, but I mean, it's just a never ending grind of learning. So I'm taking in a lot of new stuff nowadays. Excellent. I, well, I'm sure, I'm sure. I have not had a chance to check, check it out. You know, a little thing about doing my own podcast and coming up with questions and whatnot. Oh, you don't say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Imagine that. So, but I, I, I welcome uh, the company in the uh, in the neighborhood and in the whole community. We, we, we love more and more people. So, everyone, go and check it out, Gentleman Octopus. It's, uh, it's a thing. <laughs> we welcome your company too. All eight arms are open. <laughs> uh, there's a Farouk Assault uh, album uh, in there somewhere, but. Uh... <laughs> Uh, remember Veruca Salt, or am I just the old one here? Anyway, uh... I got Seether, and what, Spider-Man 87, I think, is one of their other songs? But, that's it. I'm not even gonna go down this rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite bands, though. Uh, anywho, McKinney! Uh, as you know, this is our tournament of, uh, not necessarily a tournament of champions, we will declare a champion at the end, it's just a tournament of contestants. But, uh, 16 people will be taking their turn in the hot seat. You are number 10 in that hot seat, uh... Yeah, the top six will be coming back for the semifinals. If you can uh, 
get a score into the top six and uh, hold that place until the uh, end, you will be able to come back for the semifinals. Currently uh, sitting in that danger position. Well, if you guys listened to last week's episode, you know that is one Kelsey Barkham sitting there in sixth place. So uh, you will have to beat Kelsey's score. I'm not going to tell you what it is because that would spoil <laughs> things. But um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a regular Sophie's Choice here. Do you do you do you do well and, and move on, or do you eliminate Kelsey? And she'll uh, never forgive you. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think it's funny that we started uh, before recording talking about soccer and that I'm now in the 10 spot. So I'm wearing the 10 shirt and I got to represent that. There you go. There you go. Uh, no pressure at all. He's on the spot, standing by himself. The goalkeeper's ready. <laughs> uh, you'll never walk alone, McKinney. Uh, anyway. Here's, here, let's get things started. All right, we're going to kick things off uh, as we do during the tournament with our uh, category this, that, or the other. That's Here's fun. how it works. I'm going to give you three categories, and then I'll read off a list of ten items for each one that you can place in the correct category. You'll receive one point. However, McKinney, be careful. Some items may, in fact, belong in multiple categories, and you'll only get the point if you correctly state all of the categories into which that item fits, but... To make it a little bit easier on you, I will promise you two things and two things alone. One, each item does fit in at least one of these categories. There's mm-hmm. no shenanigans on that regard. I may be cruel, but I am not evil. Uh, and uh, these ten items are being pulled from a much larger set of items, so do not try and game theory it. It will not work. Uh-uh, not going to happen. Uh-huh. Just because there's, uh, you know, they, they could all be in the same category. It could happen. Uh, well, I mean, not that extreme. But, uh, yeah, game theory, not going to help you here. Sorry, Russell Crowe. Uh, we're taking the Oscar back. Uh, are you ready to go? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, we're starting with John Nash references. I think we're pretty much there. That's warmed up, I think. Let's do it. Yeah, all right. Cool, cool. So uh, let me give you your categories for today's event. This will be Enemies from Legend of Zelda. Ooh. Enemies from Legend of Zelda. That electronic music. Electronic okay. music persons or personages or characters who have something to do with electronic music. Okay. And the other Android OS versions. <laughs> All right. I have an iPhone, so... As do I, but that's not as much fun because, you know, what, six, seven. <laughs> I think I'm getting the hang of this one. Yeah. All right. So Legends of Zelda, electronic music, Android OS. Keep in mind, this is an audio category, so I will not be spelling anything for you. You'll have to just hear it and figure it out for yourself because homonyms, homophones, all fair game in terms of figuring out multiple categories. Right. And with all of that preamble now behind us we'll kick things off with item number one item number one is Wizrobe. Wizrobe. let's see well i like the idea of Wizrobe being an electronic musician but the thing is i was a dj for quite some time and i've never heard of Wizrobe as a, a musician so um i thought android had a fairly consistent naming convention that I won't give away just in case I'm wrong. Uh, And I know nothing about the enemies of Zelda. So I believe I'm going to put Wizrobe solely in the enemies from Legend of Zelda category. And we're going to start things off with one in the win column for you. Wizrobe is 
a Legend of Zelda enemy. I have never played the game myself. I have no pithy <laughs> trivia to offer anybody here for this category. Sometimes it's just a category. <laughs> <laughs> and let's continue on with item number two, Octo Rock. Octo Rock. Oh, wow. I feel like that should be one of my stage names with the whole cephalopod theme going on if I ever do do like a electronic career of my own. I like the idea of that being an electronic musician, and I like the idea of it being an OS system. I think it defies what I came to expect from Zelda with the Wizrobe, so I'm going to go with electronic musician solely. Solely electronic musician. I mean, you know, Octo Rock's got to go along with Octo Blues, but no, unfortunately, not the case. This is another Legend of Zelda enemy, possibly a stone creature with eight arms. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. Eight bit. Eight bit, I understand. Other than that, I can't help you. Uh, We're going to move on to item number three Pie. Pie. Okay, um, so this comes back to the whole thing where I was pretty sure that they all had naming conventions. Um, Android, I thought they were all desserts. Um, so I'm pretty sure Pi is an Android operating system. Now I'm just trying to figure out if it's also an electronic musician, because I get Pi spelled with the E at the end would be a dessert, but I mean Pi without the E is the numeral, and I can see that being just totally fair game. Um, as a stage name. I think I'm going to go with both musician and Android operating system. Uh, expecting that perhaps Pi is a musician who plays all of his songs in 3.14 time? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Uh, I'd love to see it. Uh, unfortunately, no, uh, you're, you're, you're correct about it being an OS system, but nothing else, at least in terms of our categories. It's okay, McKinney. Plenty of game left. Plenty of round left. Item number four, let's get right back on the horse, as it were, with Wallmaster. Wallmaster. Um, this actually sounds decently familiar, and I believe is an enemy from Zelda. And I think that's going to be it. I'm going to stay with just enemy from Zelda. I've been trying to double down. You know, and, and some of them might well be double down, but Wallmaster is, uh, you need him on that wall, you want him on that wall, and you get the point. Well done, Legend of Zelda. <laughs> Enemy, I mean, this is just one of the craziest. Uh, I wrote this round, and I'm going, I have no idea. <laughs> number five, number five, item number five is Marshmallow. Okay, great. Um, I know for a fact that Marshmallow is a DJ, so electronic musician, and Marshmallow is also an Android operating system. So I'm going to go with OS and electronic musicians. Finally, getting credit for a double down. Correct, yes. Marshmallow. Uh, I'm not sure if it's spelled the same for both, but it sounds the same, and that's what's important. <laughs> All right, number six on our list is Lollipop. Lollipop is definitely an OS system, and I don't think it's a Zelda enemy. That seems fairly odd. Um, there's no constructed language going on there, and I I've never heard of Lollipop as an electronic musician. I mean, I've heard of the song Lollipop by the Cordettes, but that's it. So I think I'm going to stick with Lollipop as an Android OS. Lollipop. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Correct, sir. <laughs> I hope I can edit that in. <laughs> <laughs> 
not sure. I'm not sure what the sound wave is going to look like for that, but I'll let you know. Uh, well done, well done. Lollipop is correct. Let us continue on our journey through these items with item number seven here, Diplo. Diplo is certainly an electronic musician. Um, does not sound like a confection, so I doubt that's an Android system. Um, and I believe Diplo was sort of a name constructed from this person's actual name. So I don't think it's something that was from Zelda. I don't think it's something that's commonly shared. I'm going to go with Diplo as just an electronic musician. Just an electronic musician is correct. Well done. Moving on to item number eight, Garrix. So Martin Garrix is an electronic musician. Um, sounds like it could be a Legend of Zelda character, but I feel like that might be a trap. Um, however, you're giving me just the last name and not both names, which means it's open to being associated with another category. But I'm going to stick with what I know and say the musician. Uh, yes, taking those high school musical lessons very well. Stick with what you know. Stick with the status quo. <laughs> <laughs> just electronic music. Correct there. Moving on to item number nine, Moby. Well, Moby is certainly an electronic musician. Um, and I do not believe that that is any kind of sweet food stuff that would inspire the name of an OS system. It could be a Legend of Zelda character, but again, it's just something that is utterly outside of my ken. So I'm going to say that Moby is just an electronic musician. Moby, of course, uh, living on the south side with Gwen Stefani, is an electronic musician and is also a Legend of Zelda <laughs> enemy. Let me guess, it's a whale. Uh, you know, <laughs> probably some sort of sea creature. Uh, is there a sea world in Legend of Zelda? Don't know. Don't care. Could uh, be. <laughs> I may be 50, but I have no idea. Sorry. Not my thing. Uh, we're going to move on to item number 10, our final item of this round. Skrillex! Skrillex, for sure, is an electronic musician. Um, I got burned by Moby, but I feel like Moby is much more generalizable in a way. Like it, it's sort of open to being associated with multiple things, to having reference. Skrillex, I had never heard of until this guy, I think his name is Sonny Moore, started calling himself that. So I'm going to say Skrillex is just an electronic musician. Oh, Skrillex is not just an electronic musician. He is a great... Yeah, yeah. Skrillex is an electronic musician. Well Former done. lead singer of Never Shout Never. I mean, you know, we, we you can start getting your head with this round. I, I, that's why I love the deviousness of this. I mean, you think you know, and then you start <laughs> second-guessing yourself, and it's just if you get in your head, you can't get out. Uh, you I, got I, out of the round seven. I feel like listening to your previous games, too, I wanted all of those categories and none of these. So Yeah, that sounds about right. Right. <laughs> Hold on, seven points. Seven points. That's a good foundation as we move into the portion of the game, which I still don't have a name for, so I'm just calling the portion of, of the game you know where we do five questions before we get to that however i have uh shared some knowledge with you what limited knowledge i have about those categories but i want you to get a chance to show off uh, a little bit of what's going on inside of your noggin so i have asked you to prepare a little tidbit for us mckinney what yes. do you know um aj did you know that the first octopus to have its genome sequenced was the california two-point octopus the researchers who to use octopodes, octopuses, however you want to pluralize it, 
as a model organism, the same way we use fruit flies, in part to better understand how they're able to edit their own genetic code. I mean, that's that's, that's science. <laughs> that's science. It, it's way above my pay grade, but I'm reading it and I'm like, wow, this is impressive stuff I don't understand. Yeah, I, I think uh, the 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 sea creatures are definitely one of those one of those uh, areas that we don't study enough. I know that uh, mm-hmm. there's certainly been research in the past with uh, jellyfish in terms of perhaps the length of their telomeres and you know perhaps providing oh, immortality telomeres. at some point. <laughs> That's a ten dollars science word for us non science people. Yeah. Telomeres, thirty on the bonus. <laughs> I'm the host. I got to show off a little bit. <laughs> nice. Well, it, it'll be interesting to see if. Uh, if uh, they can use their uh, RNA to uh, to rewrite the record books or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um, oh, anytime. We're gonna we're gonna spin off from that knowledge. See, folks, he is smart. Don't let the seven fool you. He's smart. <laughs> Five questions in the main portion of our game here. First question is gonna be worth one point. Second question is gonna be worth two points. You that third say. question. It is a special question, which you can earn up to three points. And if you are a pattern-seeking individual here, you may be able to figure this out. Question four. Four points. And question five. <laughs> Everyone together. Uh, all the marbles. All the all marbles. Let's a just fine wrestling movie from the 1970s. No, it was horrible girl <laughs> exploitation. Ugh, crap. Anyway, uh, but it's an actual movie. You can look it up. Saw it at summer camp once. They showed it to a bunch of horny teenagers at summer camp. Of course they did. Yes. Stupid, stupid idea. Anyway, (laughs) McKitty, here is your one-point question. Good luck. I wish you well. I wish you luck. I wish AJ would just ask the question. (laughs) And here it is. Spit it off from our uh, talk of octopi, octopuses, octopeople. Pull-pull-paul was a world-famous soccer savant whose accurate predictions in the 2010 World Cup became legendary. (laughs) Now, his chief competitor for the title was named Manny, and Manny was from Singapore. Manny Mm -hmm. got all four quarterfinals right, but incorrectly picked the Netherlands to win over Spain in the final, which gave uh, the prognostication title to Paul. Uh, All of this preamble is for me to ask you the question, what kind of animal was Manny? Okay, um, so I know Paul was an octopus. Paul was a German octopus. Um, Singapore, Singapore. What would Manny be? Um, let's see, there are certainly primates in Singapore. Um, I'm wondering, it requires some level of training in order to get an animal to make these predictions, even if they're just like walking over to a ball or walking over to a colored square or swimming to one. Um Makes me think it's an animal of some level of intelligence, um, which makes me think maybe a dolphin? For some reason, I think Manny is a weird name for a dolphin, though. Manny, Manny, Manny. Manny's a great name for a manatee, but I'm not sure if Singapore would be an area where you'd find one. I know there's manatees in the Indian Ocean. Um, You know what? I'm going to go with a manatee. A manatee, a fine guess. Manny the manatee certainly does sound right. I'm not sure what the sea cow population in Singapore <laughs> is. Uh, unfortunately, not the correct answer. Only one point, not the end of the world. Yeah, uh, uh, I followed the career of Pulpo Paul very <laughs> uh, closely. Uh, it was a fine World Cup run for, for my Dutch squad, but unfortunately did not win. Uh, the lone animal prognosticator in their corner was Manny the Parakeet. Oh, okay. That makes sense. 
intelligent yes, animal. Manny uh, practiced the art of cartomancy using uh, playing cards to uh, pull out the higher number for the team that uh, he or she, I don't actually know the gender of the bird, but uh, <laughs> picked out the higher number, and that was the team that they, he was pulling for. <laughs> you see, Paul had a greater sense of showmanship, though, with the balls, you know? Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm not saying it was showy, but it, it was more accurate early on. However, in the end, the parakeet uh, fell by the wayside, drowned in a sea of its own uh, cuttlefish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cannot give you the point there, but seven points as we move on to question two, worth two points for you. And here is a two-point question. What song, which is believed to have been written on Monday... November 16th, 1981, became a top 10 Billboard hit in the United States nearly nine years later. So the fact that it's narrowed down to a single day um, leads me to believe it is a song in which multiple events are sort of related, uh, events that you could use to narrow it down. I know that It Was a Good Day by Ice Cube is like that. However, um, it was not nearly as much of a mainstream hit as the correct answer to this. And it didn't have like that latency period of nine years before it became popular. Um, Suzanne Vega recorded Tom's Diner, which is something we've actually covered on Gentleman Octopus. Um, the fact that when they were creating MP3 compression technology, one of the scientists used Suzanne Vega's original version of it in order to determine if the compression technology was effective without compromising the quality of the recording. And that's why Suzanne Vega in electronic circles is known as the mother of the MP3. When it was later done with DNA is when it became really popular. So I think this is Tom's Diner. Uh, <laughs> you had seven and you get two and now you're sitting on nine points. <laughs> I guess we could even argue that with that Fall Out Boy song, it became even more popular like much later on, too. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of the, the gifts that keeps on giving for a Isn't folk it? singer who never thought she'd uh, make it at all. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, uh, Tom's Diner, certainly they, researchers went back, she kind of had a vague idea what year she wrote it in, and then they kind of narrowed it down to like a four-month period because she had sung it in concert at one point, um, but, the, you know, they figured out who the actor who had died, and, you know, they... William Holden, right? Yeah, they, they checked the newspaper, and she, she did say it wasn't raining that day, that was from, mm -hmm. a, from like a few days later when she finished the song, but nevertheless, she started writing on, on uh, that cold monday november day <laughs> oh, well done well done nine points for you and we are going to move on to our special three-point question the fungo it beat my guest classic here's how it works uh i'm going to give you three three disparate clues all pointing to, towards the same singular answer uh, if you only need one of the clues to get the answer i will give you three points if it takes you two clues, you'll get two points. And if you need all three to come up with that correct response, one point will be sent your way. Of course, if you don't get it at all, no points. This isn't charity. This is trivia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of engineered the game where one of the clues, in my opinion, you know, your mileage may vary, but one of the clues is a little bit easier, a little bit uh, more of an inroads there. Uh, one of the clues is um, you know, pretty average. And one of the clues, uh, there's, I doubt you'll get it. You may, but. Not with just one clue, uh, but far be it for me to put them in any particular order. I have randomly placed them in three columns, and you will get to pick which one you want first. So, for your fungo, would you like clue A, clue B, or clue C? Give me clue B, please. Clue B, Pearl Jam song. 
Okay, there's a lot of Pearl Jam songs. Yes, um, it would be really <laughs> stupid of me to give you a one-hit wonder. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. It's probably going to be something that's it's generalizable, but it's going to be somewhat unique. Like I don't think it's going to be Alive or Black, because those are quite vague. I feel like it might be a one-word title, and it might even be a name. So with that in mind, I want to go with Jeremy. Jeremy, a fine uh, guess that fits the category, but it is not the correct one that I'm looking for, so you will need a second clue. Would you like A or C? Can I have A, please? You can have A. Someone serious. Someone serious. Okay. Serious. Oh, yeah, got it. So that's Harry Potter's godfather, the Sirius Black, and Pearl Jam has a song called Black. So I'm going to go with Black. It might have added to song you dismissed out of hand after hearing the clip. <laughs> oh, that's too vague. Uh, well, I could have gone with better Porch. Than that. Yeah, could have gone with Porch, but it chose not to. Because uh, no one knows what that song is to the end of the album that nobody listens to. Uh, <laughs> clue C was, uh, just for completion's sake, Clue C was Sabbath, perhaps. Ooh, Okay. Yeah, so I think I chose the hardest one to get started with, or at least the one that had the most options, you know? I'm saying that, that <laughs> you never know, and that's why I make you guys pick it, because I ain't going to play no favorites. But well done! You get it on two. Uh, you are into double digits, and you are sitting on 11 points. And still, the two highest-scoring questions in this round are left. As I flip my card over to get to them questions... What, I'm, what, I'm a psychic here? I, got, I don't got the show memorized? Come on, people. Uh, <laughs> are you ready for your four-point query? Bring it on. Bring it on. Oh, it's already been brought in. In the movie Diner, a marriage hinges on the bride passing a quiz about the Baltimore Colts. Your four points now hinge on getting one of the questions from the movie right. Here is that question. Right. What were the colors of the original Colts franchise, which was dissolved by the NFL in 1951? What were the colors of the original Colts franchise? Let's see. We've had Parakeet. We've had Tom's Diner. We've had Black. Trying to look for some clues in there. It's um, very wise of you to try to look for clues, but I specifically said this is from the movie Diner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I, I know you. You're, you're multi-layered. You've, you've got multitudes to you. <laughs> I'm talking about, <laughs> talking about octopus, too. You could have some camouflage action. Be interesting stuff. All right. Um, so I know that the Indianapolis Colts now wear blue and white. Um, the Baltimore Colts became the Cleveland Browns after relocating and doing all that. So... I want to go with orange. Orange is your answer. Uh, you got the lineage backwards a little bit there. Actually, the Baltimore Colts went to Indianapolis, became the Indianapolis Colts. The Cleveland Browns came to Baltimore and became the Ravens, but they kept their history. Ravens, of course, now wearing uh, purple and black, mm -hmm. none of which relates to this question, but I just wanted to make sure as... <laughs> As the sports guy who works for that four-letter network, I, I kind of got to get that one right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the Colts had a team, and they joined the NFL, and then the NFL said, you know what, uh, we've got too many teams, we gotta, we got to shrink it, and your team's not doing well, so bye-bye. 
uh, original Baltimore Colts, and uh, they disappeared. And then the AFL kind of merged over, and, and they they took the Texans, and the, the it's a it's a long convoluted history of of all this stuff here. Because then you know, then there was a Texans later on. It's <laughs> complicated, but needless to say, uh, the color of the team in question was green and gray. I also would have accepted green and silver because that's kind of how it was described in news reports, though, uh, according to the movie, green and gray. All right, then. Straight up Slytherin. Indeed, Mr. Potter. Well, cannot give you the points there, and I I, I guarantee you the people listening are going, thank God! (laughs) (laughs) Pulled a couple of deep deep cuts out of his behind, and (laughs) I am happy for... All of your scoring. It's okay with me because uh, I still got a couple questions up my sleeve. And here is the last one in this main body of the game. It is going to be worth five points. All right. Five points. And here it is. Brace yourself. Entering the 2020 NFL season. What player holds the unofficial career record for the most lifetime octopi with four? The most lifetime octopi or octopuses or you know we'll pluralize it at your whim okay with four most lifetime octopuses so i've heard it referred to as an octopus when a player scores a touchdown and then also scores the two-point conversion um notching themselves eight points that seems rare enough for it only to have happened a handful of times um Coming into the 2020 NFL season, who would have more of those? You said they had four. That really seems like something a rushing quarterback, one who is good at getting over the uh, the goal line, especially in those tight goal line defenses, could probably do. So that leads me to Cam Newton. Cam Newton is your answer. Yeah, obviously this is not one that uh, I think anyone's really going to know because it's it's like I said, it's not an official record. It's but it is a, a stat that um, Sports Illustrated actually uh, did a lot of research on this. The statistic came into play. Uh, the two point conversion's only been around since 1994, and on the on the 25th anniversary of the stat, uh, they said, "Hey, you know, how many people have done this when they?" Found out not too often where the same person mm-hmm. who scores a touchdown then goes back for the two-point conversion, be it on the ground or, you know, catching the ball. You know, wide receiver can do it and has, has been done. Actually, interestingly enough, this season, Dalvin Cook has done it twice. But, of course, wow. Dalvin Cook is now hurt. I don't know how, how much he's going to do the rest. But he actually did, he's actually done it twice this season. Uh, still didn't have any before this season, so he's sitting on a career of two. <laughs> right. Uh, the person who has done it four times in his career and is currently the lifetime leader is one Mr. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, he catches the ball and he's a a bruiser of a back. Does that make sense? Yep, indeed. Todd Gurley, who of course also has a uh, double sticks after his name uh, in his official uh, jersey, Gurley II, which Mm -hmm. two points, uh, two point octopus. octopus, You know, the whole whole it all comes together, man. These questions. I, I, you think these these questions just come out of the ether? No, no. It's hard work. It's too much work. <laughs> Anywho, can't give you the points there, but Kitty, you're doing well. You have 11 points. 11 points, and we have come to that point in the game where it takes a sinister turn. <laughs> yes, sir. 
it is time for the guillotine. We got the guillotine. One question will be before you, McKinney. Whew. One answer will be required. If you get it right, I will double your score instantly on the spot. You will go from 11 to 22 in the blink of an eye. And, of course, in that blink of an eye, you will eliminate poor, poor Kelsey. <laughs> or 20 <laughs> points. Oh, the humanity. Oh, the humanity. No, no manities. The Indonesian man. <laughs> Singapore man. No, never mind. Uh, 22 points if you get it right. If you get it wrong, uh, no harm, no foul. Your score will remain exactly the same, and you'll go into the books with 11. However, there is a catch, Mm -hmm. and the catch be this. If you can't come up with an answer, if you give me an answer that does not fit the question, i.e. no sandbagging, then, my friend, that blade is going to come down on your head. It also will come down if you give me the wrong answer that I have pre-selected as being the guillotine answer. So there is danger. Danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> get it? Get that guillotine answer. It is off with your head. Your score gets chopped in half, and you will limp out of here with less than eight points. I trust. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I certainly have been um, sweating this one most of the day. I mean, uh, you know. Yeah. Full disclosure, I was really hoping you got the five-point question right, so you'd have 16 coming into this, and then we could really be hitting that octopus theme really hard. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be nice? Not going to happen, but anyway, are you ready, sir, for your guillotine question? Yes, I am. Let's do it. McKitty, according to the website that compiles this sort of thing, what song has Aerosmith performed live in concert more often than any other in their live concerts throughout the history of the band. Looking for the song that Aerosmith has performed live in concert more often than any other. Think about it. Think carefully. And avoid that guillotine if you can. Beautiful. Um, So I've already got one in mind. But the question is, is it the guillotine answer? Or is it the correct answer? I have looked at Setlist FM... A bunch of times. I used to write bonus questions for a trivia company, and we would have, like, uh, you know, name four out of the six most played Aerosmith songs. And I remember a bunch of them being up there. Um, Mamakin's decently high up there. Um, Ragdoll, a favorite, is definitely up there. Love in an Elevator. Um, big Aerosmith fan, by the way. My uh, Jeopardy story was about meeting Steven Tyler. It has to be an early song. Most likely. Has to be a very popular song. Puts things like Sweet Emotion on the board. But I really think that the answer is Dream On. And I'm going to go with Dream On. Dream On is your answer? Well, you, I mean, you are correct. Aerosmith has a bevy of hits out there. Uh, certainly a lot to choose from. Sometimes uh, sometimes people struggle to come up with, Ooh, I only know one. I only know two. It's, it's you. <laughs> probably could go through a set list indeed oh yeah uh i have not met steven tyler in person uh i hear the dude looks like a lady uh, <laughs> <laughs> no that's vince neal oh yeah there you go <laughs> i uh gesundheit i uh <laughs> i did see aerosmith in concert i saw aerosmith in concert uh i think i've told this story before but i'm gonna tell it again because it's a fun story and it's my show damn it get back with my show uh <laughs> saw aerosmith in concert right after 9-11 was like uh, November 
of 2001, and it was one of the first uh, big events that the city was like reopening up for, uh, Madison Square Garden. And uh, the, one of the bands that opened up for them was uh, The Cult. Ooh. And the lead singer of that group wasn't happy with the fact that we weren't kind of like, you know, singing along with him and really into his, his, his band set. And he actually said, What's the matter, New York? Did somebody die? <laughs> you have never, I certainly have never in my life seen a crowd turn on a band as quickly. <laughs> Talk about not reading the room. <laughs> I'm sure they were hoping someone else was selling Sanctuary. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> happily. Uh, so, But Steve, Steve and Tyler came out. Uh, I think they probably came out earlier than they wanted to, even when they, when they heard that happen. And just, I, I will never forget him just, just coming out and saying, Hey, we know you've been through a lot, New York. We've all been through a lot. Why don't we just forget about fucking life for a while and just rock out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, got the crowd on his side right away. Uh, but anyway, uh, all this, uh, just trying to string you along here. I will show you the guillotine answer, which was the third highest uh, song on this list. Uh, it's going to be sweet emotion, isn't it? 1,613. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> That was the guillotine was answer was sweet emotion. emotion. So you are in the clear That's with good. the guillotine. So now the question is, will you double your score? Or will you stay the same with 1,622 performances, nine more than sweet emotion? In second place is Dream On. Oh, I am sorry, no. sir. 1653, you forgot the fact. That after run DMC, they played it all the freaking time. Walk this way is oh, number one. Damn. Well, you're going to walk that way because I am sorry, sir. That score does not qualify you for the top six. And you will be a one and done. But it was a fun one. Absolutely. To be sure. Uh, your thoughts, sir? Oh, well, I mean... As other people have expressed, I'm real happy to see the show come back. Um, have a lot of fun listening to it, getting to listen to my friend AJ, getting to listen to my other friends that you somehow managed to always find. Um, <laughs> just doing my favorite thing. It's it's a great time. Thank you for having me on again. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, before you go, why don't you plug your show one last time to get people uh, heading over there? Yes, so I work with Gentleman Octopus Trivia and Events. That is my trivia company. And if you want to play our game, it is totally free every Monday, 9 o'clock Eastern. Just go to facebook.com slash octopus trivia. There you go. Uh, everyone, I hope to see you there. I hope to see you back here next week. If you want to join our Facebook group, our fan community, that is Beat My Guest, the fan's hot seat. And if you want to support the cause, patreon.com slash beat my guest. I ain't going to be mad at you if you do that. Ain't going to be mad at you if you don't do that, but I'll probably like you a little bit more if you do. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Bikini. You may leave the hot seat. And everybody else, we will be back next week with another brand new episode as the tournament rolls on. Until then, take care and bye-bye. Did you beat our guest or did our guest beat you? Tell us all about it on Twitter at BMGPod. And if you like what you've heard, spread the word. This has absolutely not been a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production.